Welcome to episode four of Climax Women of Action. Welcome to Climax, the only action movie podcast for people who actually like action movies. I am Matt Lohman. I'm Kyle McVeigh. Nick Allen. And welcome to our, an unprecedented episode. Mm -hmm. The fourth episode. Never Mm -hmm. been done. A milestone episode. Never been done. (laughs) No, no. They said we wouldn't do it. They said we couldn't do it. They said we shouldn't do it. And I don't appreciate it. The first three episodes were so good, they said we should just stop and let everyone else fight for second place. That's... I won't take it. <laughs> I won't have it. But we decided to show up because if there's one thing the hosts of Climax believe in, it is overkill. 100%. 1,000%. that horse. 150 like million percent. Infinity percent plus one. Like when, when you're sick of it, we're just getting started. We're just getting warmed up. So get ready to get sick of it more. So uh, it's good to be back. We've been gone for a while. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, I don't think we were gone. We were just lurking. Yeah, we were just lurking. We're here. I've Always watched. Lurking. Uh, I've watched Raid Two a thousand times. Yeah, did, I've uh, watched it a couple times. It's <laughs> so good. Did all of our listeners get it? All of our listeners buy Raid Two. It is. Uh, it's finally out on DVD. It is your Raid. civic duty to buy and it. And the highest it. recommendation. We don't have a rating system here. No. But we on a scale one. of one to five bro fists, yes. with five being the best, <laughs> one being right. the worst, I give the rate to 12 bro fists. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like six bro fists, three woo chops. Yes, Ric Flair woo chops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then maybe <laughs> a couple headbutts. I don't I'm, know. I'm going to give it 15 bro fists because I probably did that many when watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To nobody. You just kept sticking <laughs> you know your fist down. You're like, I wish someone was no, there. up in the air. Like, ugh. Like in Pacific Rim when they revealed that the kaiju was pregnant. Fist up in the air. Just like, why did you get excited yeah. when the kaiju was pregnant? Because <laughs> it was. I was like, no way. I was like, no way they're going to do that. Is that thing? No way. Yeah, it's pregnant. That's the weirdest moment to get excited about Hi. in that movie. There's like a million moments. There's underwater battle. There's shit getting the heads cut There's off. knife gauntlets. When, when the sword came out, I also broke fist. In case Wait, anyone was maybe wondering why Nick Allen is on the show, that's why. Because <laughs> he's got a wild, wild card. Wild it's so card. hard. You know, of all the parts in Pacific Rim, you know. I would have thought it would have involved a giant robot. Or maybe something. Yeah, there's a part. There's literally a part in that movie where a <laughs> giant robot bisects a flying submarine monster <laughs> in the stratosphere, and you're like, "Oh, she's pregnant." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't like they're in a lab and like there's all this drama. Oh, is the kaiju pregnant? I don't know. They've always wanted to get pregnant. Oh, she's pregnant. Yeah. It wasn't like that. The was like. No. It take was me like, there. We froze right. the kaiju eggs. Well, that. All right, that kaiju's dead. Why is why is there still impending doom in this scene? No, there's another heartbeat. No, they aren't. No, they're not gonna. <laughs> they can't be this stupid, or they can't. <laughs> and then they are. They do it, and it's awesome. I wish, right. I, I, wish I could see the world through your eyes. So, <laughs> so going back up one layer <laughs> to the raid. I definitely. <laughs> so the take us back to the raid too. The Raid 2 is phenomenal. Please watch it if you haven't watched it. No one's pregnant in it. Thank God. No, she has the kid. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah! 
were guaranteed of a raid six when Robin's kid grows up. Thank God. Oh, that kid's gonna be so deadly. Uh, so terrifying. Anyway, so we're talking about ladies of action. So we're here to discuss women of action. Ladies. And usually what happens the way this the way this show works is we figure out a theme or we figure out a movie we want to watch and then we build the theme off that. So we decided we wanted to do Ladies of Action because we love the work of Shane Black and he wrote a movie called The Long Kiss Goodnight, which yeah. we're super into. Very uh, good. But the problem was when we started getting into it is we couldn't find a lot of Ladies of Action movies that we A, wanted to talk about or B, were purely action movies. Um, Stuff that fit our criteria of action. Yeah, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of female-led movies that have action in them. But I don't think under our strictest rules, I, I would consider action films. Yeah, a lot of genre. <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is like it, is, as Nick said, it's genre. So the idea that for these women to be courageous and brave and tough and strong, it can't even be anywhere remotely close to our reality. It has to be in a science fiction reality. It has to yeah. be in a fantasy reality, which is kind of ridiculous. Or... The other problem we Sad. ran into is you've got movies like Salt with Angelina Jolie or uh, Columbiana with Zoe Saldana, who's mm -hmm. making a very good living in genre, mm -hmm. where it's also unbelievable because these 85-pound women are going to Krav Maga to death 250-pound <laughs> men in body armor. Impossible. You know, it's like, you know, I'm for all tiny the... Tiny gymnasts are powerful. Yeah, but for all the, all the crap that, like, there's been a bit of a backlash to uh, Joss Whedon's Avengers... And a little bit to uh, the portrayal of Scarlett Johansson's uh, Black Widow, the backlash is that she's over-sexualized, or she has to do moves where she like you know her Quran is a guy by grasping her thighs around his face. But for me, that's a little bit more believable way of taking on like a trained soldier in yeah, armor yeah. than you punching him to death and you weigh you're using not even a buck ten your body weight to bring him to the ground. Yeah. You are using. What you have... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't your, believe your that thighs. Scarlett Johansson's going up to a 6'5 dude and knocking him out outright. Yeah. She's got to she's gotta finesse it. And that I love that about the Black Widow character. Yeah. I think like, she does that very well. It's I very think fluid they and technical, that. the way she fights. Yeah. And there's still skill involved. It's not like she, like, fucks their <laughs> face and then brings them to the ground. Who's, they, that? who's that in Soul Calibur? Sophisha? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where she sits on their face and then snaps yeah. their neck. It's no, nothing like that. It, I, I mean, I totally, that. I totally... And also, she's a spy. There's a sexuality thing inherent in the spy genre, too. James Bond mm -hmm. fucks everyone. I mean, like, genre, it, it just yeah. is that that's part of the job, too. And I don't think she's hyper-sexualized by any means. At all. And I think they do a really good job, since it's a Marvel-Disney movie, to not make her super-sexualized. But that... Yes, that fighting style is entirely believable to me. And, and I get where the criticism's coming from. I certainly understand it, but, I mean, if you watch Salt, you watch Columbiana, you watch kind of these new, you know, action movies, is, you know, you're, you're talking about women who, you know, are just bone thin. Yeah. And we're expected to believe that they could deliver enough force to knock someone out, you know, with two punches. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I no, mean, there's a lot really. to be said for technique. Zoe, there's a lot to be said for training. Skinny. 100%. But... Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, physics is still physics. And if you yeah. can't put anything behind it, you got nothing behind it. Well, it's you just know. lazy choreography more than anything. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it, it lies on the director and the choreographers to figure out how to make that work. And unless you're doing a superhero movie or, you know, 
a genre film, which some of these are, they're just not bringing the realism to the fight scenes. And maybe we're ruined by the raid and <laughs> some of these better films that are coming out where the choreography is insane mm-hmm. and very believable. Well, I don't know if the raid's believable, but it's like, absolutely believable. But yeah, but it's sure. certainly like I believe all of those men are dead. <laughs> it's beautiful and understandable and whatever they do, they, they make you believe that these people can deliver blows like that. And you feel each blow mm-hmm. and that that like Salt is an... It's also, like, on this podcast, we will watch movies that we like. Salt probably fulfills a lot of our action movie rules. Salt salt out of the gate follows all of the rules... And it but is an action movie, shitty but I don't movie like that. It, yeah. We don't yeah, want to watch. There's a lot of these movies. Columbia does that too. Columbia, yeah. it's they aren't very good, but it, they will meet their criteria. They'll follow yeah. the rules, but or, or, or they will. But there's also they're clearly not the star of the movie. It's like oh, but there's also a man, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's Mr. the lead, Smith, not you. Yeah, like yeah. like uh, was it Machete? Yeah, Mr. Too? Mrs. Smith is or, it? Mr. I actually yeah. really like that movie. But, I like, do too. Yeah, she's a badass. There's a lot of gunplay, which makes it super believable as an action heroine. Like, mm-hmm. they, she didn't, you know, it's not like Salt, where she but, was like, Krav Maga and everyone. She's very technical, and he's yeah. like the, just, hey, well, let's here, Here's the whole thing. But is, the fact is, is that he's yeah. there the whole time. Yeah. Well, the thing that, the thing that, that hurts Mr. and Mrs. Smith entirely. from being in this discussion of women of action yeah. is that it's a rom-com action movie. Yes. And I don't mean that in, like, a derivative way, but I mean, it's literally, it follows all of the beats of a rom-com. Yeah, there's like a meet cute. Mm-hmm. There's the misunderstanding that turns into a big fight. Yeah, there's the reconciliation. Like it does everything a rom com does, mm-hmm. but as an action movie. Yeah, and it's amazing, and I love it. But it's not like for our criteria for like being an action movie. It's, it's just not there. Yeah, um, a thousand percent. But you know, we have, actually I. I didn't like Salt. I didn't like Columbiana. Super duper enjoyed Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's a really mm-hmm. fun movie. I, I would watch the hell out of it. I mean, it's it's a fantastic movie in, in that, you know, the way it subverts both action movies and rom-com movies, and that makes it special, and that makes it kind of outside of the bubble, which is the problem. Uh, but those other two movies, it's just, you know, they do everything right, but, you know, I just don't buy into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but what long, about... Long Kiss Goodnight. And there's a couple other yeah, movies we're going to talk about, too. Yeah. Um, of, of the Long Kiss Goodnight, the first movie we're really going to get in, let's in, get into. into. It. Let's just get into the meat of it. It came, Long Kiss Goodnight came out in 1996, directed by Rennie Harlan, <laughs> Finnish director. His first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. <laughs> of course. I don't know. It's like the sub-in time. <laughs> he, he segued you know, that better into... Better get some uh, experience. Fourth movie, go. Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, oh, Deep yeah. Blue Sea, Cutthroat Island, which Deep is the biggest Blue flop sea. of all time. Oh no! Um, he started as a Finnish film buyer and then a writer, then a director, and then the last movie, the last two movies he made, one was called The Devil's Pass about the D- Dialatov Pass incident in 1959, which oh, I believe Russia? was covered in Sister Podcast Paranoia Shop. I was on, oh, yeah, it was, I was a guest yeah. on that show. Yeah, that was a good episode. That affected Get you. Live. Pass. That, that was scary. Affected that affected you personally. Nightmares. Yeah. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the director of the Long Kiss Goodnight it's and Deep Blue Sea covered if you it. Haven't it's heard so it. Listen to that podcast. And- uh, he covered it. And then right. the last movie he did was uh, the Not Rock Hercules with uh, one of the dudes from Twilight. Oh, the oh. one that's all over Netflix and with Kellen Lutz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who somehow gets to be Hercules and in Expendables three? That sucks. That's too bad. Poor guy. I read the script for Expendables three. Oh Lord. Please Basically, let Expendables yesterday. Three, please, please deliver. I don't know why oh, he got to be. He's basically the coolest dude. 
in the Young Expendables. I don't, I don't want to get into it because obviously we're going to discuss it at some point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Kel and Lutz, we should just do an this is ladies Expendables time. trilogy yeah. podcast. This is ladies' night. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say Kel and Lutz is punching right. well above his weight. Okay, yeah. um, and then it was written by personal hero, of course, of everyone on this podcast, 100%. Shane Black. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, who already was doing record selling prices for scripts. This was possibly the most expensive screenplay that's ever been purchased. Yes, but. It? it was heavily yeah. rewritten by script yeah. doctors, yeah. which kind of like, why are you going to spend that money just to rewrite it? be rewritten. But uh, I read the script for this one recently Saturday. when I found that out, Yeah, um, and there was some stuff in the original script that absolutely needed to be changed. I don't know if we'll get to it. Also worth Probably. knowing some trivia, this is Rennie Harlan and Sam Jackson's favorite movie that they've worked on. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome that that's Sam Jackson. It looked like Sam movie. Jackson was having one His name hell is of a literally time. Hennessy in this movie. Mitch. Mitch Hennessy. Hennessy. Of course he loves this film. God damn it. And he's not even playing like like in the end he has some badass moments, but he's not even like he's like the bumbling side. He's just out of his of. element. Yeah. He's the guy that's out of his element in this movie, which is why it's a strong female driven yeah, action movie. She's the lead. Gina Davis. Gina who is an Amazon. Who is an Amazon. We recently found out through our uh, big-time Hollywood connections <laughs> is a statuesque, immense woman. Yeah. In the best possible She's way. She's huge. Um, but proportioned, because if she wasn't, she would look terrifying on screen. <laughs> so, uh, Gina Davis leads this cast. It's a stacked cast uh, in, in the place of people who live in this movie for maybe ten minutes. Yeah. David Morse, who we met in The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Cox, who's been in everything. Who's always mm-hmm. the best. And then the main villain is Craig Bierko, who played Max Wait, Bear in the Cinderella Wait, wasn't Brian Cox Man. in one of Nick's favorite action movies, Super Troopers? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. He played the chief. Oh, good. All right. I just want to make sure. Keep going. Sorry. the goddamn soap. <laughs> That's a, that's a callback oh to episode one. God. For those of you just joining us. I'm the farva of this podcast. <laughs> uh. The uh, the main bad guy. No, I'm like the rat. No, I'm not. You're farva. <laughs> Regardless. I don't know why you would give that to us, because we'll never forget it. <laughs> Fuck me. The, uh, the main villain is Craig Bierko. Guess who edits this? <laughs> he, he was Max Bear in uh, Cinderella Man. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, great. He was in movies like he was in TV shows like Unhitched, Boston Legal, Damages. He was in an episode of The League. Here's a fun <laughs> fact: he was originally cast as Chandler on Friends, but, what? but he turned it down. Well, he fucked up. Probably for the hmm. Nope, he fucked up. It, it depends. Wow, I mean, you get the residual money rolling in. What would that be? But like? you don't get to work a lot after, so it kind of depends on what your. So it's like are. a group of friends. Living in the city, and their friend who's married to this creepy old dude. <laughs> well, but he was... He I, was I guess he's younger. Before this, he started in a show called Sydney. I've never heard of it. I don't know what it's about. But Matthew Perry was also in it. He was the other main guy. What? Yeah, but... Uh, you never heard of that. Fun fact. It went for two We episodes. ought to look that up. So, uh, Gina Davis in The Long Kiss Goodnight is... I love this action movie. It's so good. I it's <laughs> super fun to watch. It, the action's good. It's well directed. Yeah. It it's super witty. It's a Shane Black movie, so everyone's got something to say. Everyone's the, got that one liner. Yeah. Even that the henchman. Scathing one liner. Even the henchman who gets ten seconds before yeah. he's dispatched. He gets that one good line. Is amazing. Like Shane Black. I, I'll say this every time we talk about him, but the man gives good hench. Yeah. Like every henchman 100%. is under the impression that he is the hero. <laughs> and, it, he, yeah. and he's got he's got he's a thing, in the mindset of that man. Yeah. yeah. And then he dies brutally. <laughs> and it's incredible. Yeah. Like one of my favorite moments is. 
Gina Davis's character, Charlie Baltimore, and then Sam Jackson's character, Mitch Hennessy, are in Atlantic City, and they're trying to smoke out the kill teams. They're out to get them. And the guy's like, you know, hey, you looking for some company? No, I'm saving myself till I get raped. And then she pulls out a gun and goes, go in the alley. And she's like, oh, you showed up early. Fucking headhunters. Puts a gun to his head. And then uh, she's like, just not phased that she has a gun to her face. Yeah. And she goes, hey, lady, I have a gun. And Sam Jackson goes... This ain't no ham on right, pal, and puts his gun next to the gunman's head. And it's like, what are you doing? I would have been here sooner, but I was thinking of that ham on rye line. And they get into an argument. Yeah. They get into an argument over whether or not Hennessy should have exposed himself to smoke out more of the killers. And the like, guy's oh, standing there just getting pissed. Uh, yeah. And he goes like, hey, I still got a fucking gun here. And then she just snatches the gun away from him. Like, it's... Takes away like he's a toddler. Yeah, the dude was under the impression no. that he was going to get promoted. Yeah. He was going to get to be the main bad guy who gets to wear the leather jacket and sit in the helicopter. He was going to be the final boss. Also, and dur- they just took his life. During that scene, do you think it would have been funnier if it was actually like a guy trying to rape her? She completely thinks she he's a headhunter. I think that would have just been five more pages. I think it would have been just <laughs> another just been five like, yeah. minutes. I think it would have had nothing to do with it. script. Fair enough. <laughs> I would and have enjoyed it. reading it. So it would have been great. <laughs> but it would have been the first thing I read penned. Yeah. Like, it just it would have had to See you later. Go. <laughs> Goodbye. It's, it's, it's five pages that we just, we just don't need. Um, so, for those of you who haven't seen it, I don't know why you haven't seen it, The Long Kiss Goodnight, pause this right now. Just watch it. And go watch it. And then we'll still be here. So let's pause right now. We did it. And we're back. Long kiss goodnight. Wasn't that awesome? So Amnesiac wakes up, becomes a, becomes a teacher, and They know. Gets they married. just watched it. Yeah. And uh, becomes a government assassin and then has to prove her name and then foil a plot like eight years in the making. Yeah. It's a great, like... It goes I, up I, to I, the Senate, people. Here's a weird thing that I've noticed about a lot of female-driven action movies is that it is almost always dark secret past yeah every single time but that's not so strange like you get that in like commando i guess and you get that in total recall yeah kind of born but i you mean get that like, in rambo you get that in porn i mean uh, but those are, are those that secret well like, i mean not really because they show up and they're like well i'm soldier <laughs> well here's the thing that i'm super grateful for is like i said i read the original script and there was like like two sentences mm-hmm. in the script where it basically says there's like some kind of sexual abuse in Samantha's past. Yeah. And I was so grateful that was cut out of this movie because it almost feels like for a woman to be a woman of action, she to, would have to had take to matters, great she, tragedy, great sexual tragedy. Like it yeah. can't just be her family was killed. Mm-hmm. It can't just be she was wronged or she was left for dead. Yeah. Like it has to be rapey. And that's, you'll, you'll never see that anywhere else. Like, you yeah. know, you'll never see an action hero with uncle touchy. Yeah, and it, no. it's, it's ridiculous. Well, in this 301, movie, 302. Oh yeah, yeah. Rise of the Empire. They went the opposite direction. Yeah, with Ava Green, they went super hardcore. Um, and maybe we'll discuss that at a future date. But like, I love how she was a government agent, and the only prerequisite is she was the deadliest person anyone had yeah, ever met. Yeah, she just top was a game. fucking topper game killer. Just the best. Like <laughs> the there best was, that could be. Yeah, there was no. You know, she's pretty good for a woman. No it's prerequisite. Like, everyone was just like, don't terrified. get smart. Yeah. Don't underestimate her. If you're close enough to, you know, try to cop a feel, if you're close enough to say something about her being a woman, don't do it. You're in her kill zone. Yeah. And she will take your life. Mm-hmm. And like the smart bad guys, the end bosses, yeah, understood that yeah. and respected it. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoyed. Like 
her her past. We, there's no origin story. It was all in a file. Yeah. Or it was because dangerous people were afraid of her. Yeah. And then she was just, you know, everyone she killed, there was none of that, like, well, first off, Gina Davis, as we discussed, is like, you know, six foot. She's huge. Um, and a deadly archer. Yeah. Apparently almost she, Olympic She was archer. an Olympic alternate. Yeah. What? Uh, an archer. She almost oh. got on the Olympic team this yeah. past Summer Holy Olympics. Crap. Yeah, look it up. Archery. Did she shoot? Arrows in that movie? No, no she didn't. It doesn't matter. She, did. she could literally. She did kill because you now. then there would have been she zero did that chance. in between takes. <laughs> there would have been zero tension <laughs> if you saw her shooting arrow. You're like, oh no, they're all fucking dead. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, like here's the thing: is like, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight didn't do great. I think it was because it was ahead of its time. Like, I think if it came out now, it'd be amazing. It, Gina yeah. Davis was, you know. Eight years in front of this whole archery craze with yeah. Hunger Games and Hawkeye, <laughs> like that's her problem. Is Gina Davis is is ahead of her time? That, Always, she's constantly being punished for being amazing too early. Yeah, and then you see Gina Davis. Here. If you're listening, we love you. Shane love Black you. finally caught up. Well, they always yeah. Love Shane him. Black finally caught up, but Gina Davis. Yeah. It's just it's a shame because. Uh, when you read the script, the last page is "Thank you for reading the Long Kiss Goodnight," and it's like Charlie Baltimore will return in a Long Kiss Before Thunder or something, or a Kiss Before Lightning. That would Lightning. be awesome. <laughs> and it's it's a shame because did this just, really not do that well? It didn't do great, really. Yeah, and it's, I did not hear about it until like a couple of years ago. It's so good. I love it. It's one of the first. I can't imagine that that it it's it's a if it didn't do super well on. Blu-ray and DVD, that's upsetting. Yeah, it's. I, I hope it gets rediscovered. I hope it becomes like a Starship Troopers where everyone kind of revisits it. Yeah. Because Gina Davis was amazing. It's like one of Rennie Harlan's only good movies. <laughs> I'm going to say best movies. I'm <laughs> From the list, that. let's just say best movie. I liked 100%. Cliffhanger. I, yeah, that's true. Deep Blue Sea, I liked, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Listen, you know, it's I'll like, watch there's a part where LL Cool J goes, crap found out of, a secret weakness. Yeah. Bullets, like <laughs> bullets. It's a I'll lie. watch the crap out of Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's a shame because it's just it's so well done. The script is so tight and it never feels tight. Like it's quippy as fuck. You know, it's just um, especially me and Kyle is, is we want to be writers. So you know, we really we really hone in on the writing. And there's mm-hmm. there's sometimes where you watch a movie and it's so well put together, and you watch it and you're like, oh, this is really well put together. But you can see like the pieces showing. Mm-hmm. This is a very tight, well put together movie that feels like it's taking its time. It feels very every organic. hero gets to be a character. Yeah, you know, Brian Cox is literally in this movie for eight minutes. But he gets some of the best lines, you know, and, and it's, everything uh, he said like mattered even later. Like it, when he is explaining where he kept his gun, yeah. next to Mister Wally. Yeah, yeah. it well, it's just so funny <laughs> because it, 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 that's a good point. There's a lot of films, especially in the action genre, where you can feel, you can literally see the foundations sticking out. You can see the girders. You can see like where they were like, this has to happen here, and this has to happen here. We and have to mention this, this so they can use it later. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like. Well, the best movies have Do all that, that but make you but, forget it. Yeah, but they've they've blurred the lines and they've they've Good they've point. glossed yeah. over all those building blocks. Like you can see what happens when you give exposition to an accomplished character actor like Brian Cox. Yeah, and he fills you in. He sets the board for the entire second act. Yeah, and he just gets you there. And then you know he and you don't and feel like you got robbed of like a quality scene you know what i mean yeah. like i watched uh for example i watched snowpiercer last night almost an action movie so close super really? excited to watch it so close the last 20 minutes well here's the problem it we can talk about this in another podcast it has asian film 
pacing, oh, yeah, but man. not quite that. Not quite because it, it follows the three out structure, which a lot of Japanese films and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, Chinese films don't necessarily follow. It pretty much follows that. But what it got wrong is that it wanted to make an action film, and it set up all these like little mysteries that in a, a an American action film would be revealed at different points mm-hmm. in the in the the movie, and it'd be great. But the action stopped in the last 20 minutes and the last act is just Uh, exposition uh. and then they reveal every single secret in that last 20 minutes and it's just like ah shit like they reveal one secret at the top of like at the end of act one and you're like that's fucked up so it was and then they they save everything else for the end so it was modeled off after a poker hand <laughs> yeah, 100%. We got it. We oh, got everyone's thrown in. All in. All in. All right. Here's the Well, tissue. like, here's the thing is, is, is one of the things Secrets. that. The one of the things that Secrets. The Long Kiss Goodnight yeah. does so well. And it's great. Because and a great thing that Shane Black does well. That does well. But it's also. It's, it's Gina Davis. Is. You, a, a, you don't mind, like, spending time with her. Yeah. Like, you get to go with her on this journey. And then when she. She gets reborn from, you know, school teacher, housewife to this avenging unkillable angel Mm -hmm. you know you get that satisfaction you get that rush that she gets but when they start doling out exposition it's after you see all this other stuff so that like when they start telling you what's going on Mm -hmm. you're starving for it yeah and not in a bad way where it's like okay this needs to happen so i can follow it's like you know why is she why was she able to kill that guy why was she able to do that stuff with the knife and then you get that and then you're like i wonder what she's like when she's fully unleashed. I wonder what she's like when she stops being Samantha Kane and becomes, you know, Colonel Charlie Baltimore. <laughs> and you're and then you get that and then you get you get more stuff explained. And yeah. it's just so well laid out. And having read the script, the stuff that was script doctored was the best call. Yeah. We That's pretty rare. Well, for I, I, movies yeah. now. When we do but, like a Shane Black special, which we will, yeah. uh, not, we'll get more into it. Interesting the differences between the scripts. Yeah. So if at any point you want to, well, we're we're, we're, out, we're gonna but. we're gonna focus on the ladies. We're gonna focus on on uh, Gina Davis just being at the top of her game, and she absolutely should have been an action hero. She should have had a franchise, and she was just too early. What did she? What was her last movie? She just disappeared off the planet. Not too well. She did like that this. first lady or that president show. Yeah, on ABC, which lasted a season. That was most recently. Yeah, but, but like after this movie, I can't think of a lot of things that she was in that I was like, oh, Gina Davis. And it's a shame. Like if it they, was like kind of the end of her like stretch of like film, like A list film well, stuff. Well, they're talking about doing an Expenda Bells. A lady's expendables, awesome. uh, and she should absolutely be in it. it she might. should. She should be the sly. <laughs> yeah, because you know she she's believable as an action hero. She's so good with a one liner, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a shame. You know, it's like you know you go on Tumblr and all the social justice warriors on Tumblr. Yeah, like it's it, why this movie hasn't caught on yet is a is a bummer. Because uh, it's just it's so good. It's it's amazing. It's not good as a ladies action movie. It's just good as an action movie. Period. Mm-hmm. It's yeah no. It's a hundred percent an action film. It, it just is that. That's why it's the top of our fucking list. That it just is. You could in. I, I, and I think that's a very telling thing. I, I think that and that's why these as lady. I'm putting in quotes. Lady. He's doing. Air, he's films. doing hand quotes. I the can reason. See air quotes alert. <laughs> thank you. The reason why these are great and successful female action films are because you 
you could put a male character there, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't matter. And they don't really treat it any differently. Like they, you know, in Long Kiss Goodnight, she's like a mother and a wife. But you could easily but be as soon as a you husband cro- yeah. and as a father. Soon, but yeah, as like, soon as you cross same, her, yeah, it's it like it's like com- it's like a commando. Yeah, you know, Arnold's just a dad, and he's just living mm-hmm. his life, and then people come back into his life, and he has to kill them to save his family. Exactly. Uh, well, it's taken. It's like any of that. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Well, it's it- like that story about Alien where Ripley was a male character, and Ridley Scott changed nothing. He just made it Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. You know, the really? end. Like, The Long Kiss Goodnight would be just as good an action movie. Like, she does all the stuff that action heroes do and, like, spies do, because she was a spy. She's like James Bond in that every single person wants to sleep with her. Yeah. Because she's so good at her job. She's so deadly. She's so irresistible. She knows how to work a room. Yeah. You know, there's, like, there's so many points where she's tied up or there's a thousand guns on her and it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. And she threatens everybody. Yeah. And you believe it. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You know, it's never like, okay, well, let's see how she does it. I was like, I, I bought no, it immediately. No, why would you? Don't listen. Yeah. You got to listen to her. Leave. It's terrifying. Cut the ropes. Bro, just take the deal. Just Cut the ropes. Give her she'll her daughter you. and leave. She'll leave you the use of your legs. Just give her what she wants. God damn it. <laughs> That's a great deal. <laughs> That's the best deal you're going to get. Is she'll, she'll only kind of cripple you. She'll temporarily cripple you. Yeah, is the best deal you will get from Charlie Baltimore. That's all you. That's all you can wish for. God um, damn it! So many. There's just so much good stuff in this movie. Like Sam Jackson is probably the best he's been outside of Pulp Fiction. Well, it's also the best he's been if you're talking in terms of him playing a character like an where he's actually had to act because. Sadly, beyond Pulp Fiction, beyond this film, I think that he got a lot of roles where it was just like, Sam Jackson's good at yelling. Yeah. yeah so he's Jackson's like so good at yelling, we should get him to yell at the camera. Yeah, and then in this one, he was I think like, he's oh, pretty I'm good at Black Snake Moan. Maybe. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. great. He so was there's, good there's the big three. But yeah, like for those of you who kind of like heard about this movie and wrote it off, or you're looking it up now as you listen to this on IMDb, I just want to say Sam Jackson does yell in this movie, but at appropriate times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always, always when necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you, you watch the movie and you're like, oh, I would have yelled there. I would have, uh, I had a problem with what's happening. And that's and how you judge voice. a Sam Jackson film, whether or not he's in his prime. <laughs> did he yell appropriately? Did, did he yell appropriately? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you bring up Deep Blue Sea. A lot of inappropriate yelling. He yelled constantly because he knew his time was short. And it's also, yeah, 100%. Also, I don't know. I guess I'd be yelling about a shark. That was super smart. Yeah. And could defy physics yeah, and swim backwards. But Nick, you uh, you touched on Sam Jackson's fashion choices. <laughs> this film? Why don't you talk about how Mitch Hennessy, the character, Mitch Hennessy, which Mitch. is, I will say this, great female-driven action film, that's just racist. No. That name... I don't know. I can't tell if like uh, we need a good He's looking black around his, his to room. be on this podcast no. because I need to figure out whether or not that is like a name that like black guys are like, damn, that's a cool name. Listen, or whether or not I'm just like I thought it was a cool name. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm in you know in a world of uh, John Matrixes. Yeah, <laughs> I love Charlie Baltimore. And Mitch Hennessy. Charlie Baltimore Great is names. a perfect actor. I would follow both of those names forever. Even I Sam- loved was it Samantha Kane? Samantha Kane was already yeah. great. Samantha Kane's a great name. Fun fact. Just changed it. Her cover name. So when she meets 
when she meets this is one of the parts that got rewritten in the script when she meets brian cox's character nathan <laughs> he goes she goes your name's colonel charlie charlene baltimore charlene elizabeth baltimore she goes no my name's sam kane he goes no you idiot sam kane's just an anagram of amnesiac and i was like oh well i know why that had to go <laughs> oh no but samantha kane is an amazing action name and then they topped it with charlene baltimore <laughs> charlie baltimore uh but anyway Nick, mitch hennessy's fashion why don't you okay. give us the rundown of mitch so I, was like, I was watching that i was like Man, I wish I could pull off a fuzzy goon hat and a turtleneck. Like when we meet <laughs> he had a fuzzy, he has so a many turtlenecks. When we met Mitch Hennessy, he was people dressed are up. dressed warm. Was, I will say this: people yeah. are fucking dressed for the weather in this film because no this one movie, is looking glamorous. Everyone is very practical. No, but here's the yeah. thing: is they didn't look ha- practical because what happens is Mitch shows up the first time we see him. He's dressed up, pretending to be a te- detective. He's got like a bucket hat and a trench coat. And then he shows up at the door and he's just kind of frumpy. And then after. They escape the bus station. He could be his real self. And he shoots, and they shoot out the ice, and he has to change. He's wearing, like, teal turtlenecks, green fuzzy Kangol hats. Oh, god damn like, it. The entire, That's when his affair with Kangol started. The entire movie, after the initial action scene, when he's like, all right, it's time to get real. <laughs> he dressed amazing. Like, I wish I could dress like that, but I'm not black, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> It's Matt's having black envy. <laughs> I mean, listen. So sucks. Is anyone here? Is He's anyone got boxers? Here, um, is anyone going to hear pair yellow pants, a sky blue turtleneck, and a green fuzzy Kangol hat? No. Does anyone here have no. that confidence? No. Outside of going to a Movember. Well, party? I don't have. I a, can't do it. I don't have a neck, so turtlenecks are out the window <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat, we're done. Just, but would you would you rock the fuzzy Kangol hat? Because you wear that style ones. of hat, but you don't I wear do, it green and you don't I'm, wear it bright. I don't wear it fuzzy. If it, mm, I would need something. <laughs> Here's the thing: Kangol as a brand is just out of my off limits it's to off a off brand. You you have to have a certain melanin concentration. It does not work to approach it. That's like a, that's like saying it, it, it's Kangol, it's Fubu. I can't do either one. <laughs> this reminds me of a moment in junior high in our mall where I wandered into a Fubu store. Yeah, and I'm like. Would I look good in this? And people were just like, and then the clerk looks at you and just silently shakes their head no. (laughs) And you just and you walk back out full rust, motherfucker. And I buy it anyways. (laughs) And you and you quietly left and walked across the 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 lane to Pac Sun, sir. Like you were like, I'm gonna take my Jinkos and go. Fubu jersey, Colts jersey, Fubu jersey, Jinko jeans, fuzzy ball cap. I guess I'll just go to I'll just just go to Pac Sun and get a Volcom T-shirt. And but some no, board oh, shorts. a snap Volcom T-shirt, perhaps some green cargo shorts with a chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still wear that. <laughs> I did it. I was, I was never able to pull off the chain wallet. Oh, it's great. It's practical. My it's, wallet kept falling is out it? of my back Because everyone knows where your wallet. I don't know. Is that's stupid. how I kept justifying it. So, uh, do we have any thoughts besides chain wallets on this movie? <laughs> the the long oh, yeah, is just. Lots of inventive gunfights. So good. You know, she she uses it to break ice. She uses it to get eye level with a helicopter so mm-hmm. she can shoot the gunner. Again, just super ahead of its time. The camera's pulled back. Yeah. Uh, you see all the action. You know, this. it's... I don't know. Gina Davis is amazing in this. And I would like to apologize on, half, on behalf of the entire population of planet Earth that you didn't get a franchise and you're not an action star because you absolutely 1,000% <laughs> deserve it. I 
She's amazing. She tosses her daughter to her. Save IMDb her IMDb is a, is behind you, and where she went from this was to the Stuart Little franchise, it's which is goddamn awful. Yeah, I was looking at on my computer, and I'm like, there's none of these I'd want to bring it's up. It's so <laughs> sad. She, oh man, Will and what Grace? a sexy killer lady. Yeah, I mean, listen. We should write some movies for her. We should absolutely write it. some movies for her. I love it. Because I think she could do it. I think we need to bring we need to bring Charlie Baltimore back, <laughs> if for no other reason than to get on Shane Black's radar. <laughs> <laughs> I have a prestigious Nick Allen Poor Sap Award for Longest Goodnight. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give it out. I'm fucking pumped. <laughs> All right. The it Poor Sap Award for thing. the Longest Goodnight goes to, drumroll please. The bellhop in the train station scene, <laughs> where the henchmen come out, she's been made, and immediately shoots the bellhop. <laughs> Here's the thing: is in the train station scene, she's at the bar waiting to meet Brian Cox's yeah. character and gets approached, mm-hmm. and then the bad guys find her first, and they manage to shoot everyone in that train station Bless. except for her. Yes, which really drives home how important she is to the organization is <laughs> she's the one who can fucking aim yeah. <laughs> yes 100 percent. 50 people died and not not one of them was anyone they meant to kill nope like i don't even know if the bellhop was in the way but he flies back <laughs> like know, five he... feet and like back ends over knocks luggage. over suitcases, suitcases yeah. yeah he's yeah he's dead as fuck he dies terribly uh, all right so he's he woke up in the morning sap. he's a bellhop <laughs> already not doing great are we going through his day He's pushing around He's luggage. Like, oh, which fuck. I, I, I gotta work. I gotta work like the noon to eight shift oh, at good. the goddamn train station. These people are bringing bricks to the. Also, room. here's the thing: train stations have fucking bellhops. Apparently, someone, some, some rich chick who's mean? like, like, don't scrape my luggage, don't fucking drop anything, because I'll fucking know if you did. Hold my dog. I'm gonna fucking hold my dog and watch you like a hawk, but not help you. Don't look God into my help you purse. if you fuck up. Ugh. And then he gets hit by, conservatively, actually 75 no. bullets from an Uzi. <laughs> Matt, in that case, it was probably a sweet release. <laughs> Honestly, that was best case scenario. Oh, his last, God. His last so is bullets. he a poor sap? Or did he just die with his boots on? <laughs> Thank God. Definitely, or definitely maybe the last thing even he though- saw was his blood soaking the suitcase and then that woman being shot yeah. by an MP5. <laughs> and like, he just was like, oh, thank he's God. He's like, I Or maybe even the henchman could even kill him. Like, he shot him 15 times, yes, but in places that wouldn't kill him. <laughs> oh, the bellhop So lived. he's just <laughs> living, but in agony. He's paralyzed. I don't know. Uh, That's, I, they they don't show that. a lot of collateral damage in action films unless someone's being shot in the throat or right in the heart and just like <laughs> aorta somewhere. And also, Not poor one sap. of my favorite quips sap. from that movie. Yeah, poor sap. Drink to the poor sap. Uh, poor sap. Poor sap. Poor sap. <sighs> also, one of my favorite one-liners um, where one of the bad guys pull, uh, no, the main bad guy actually Timothy. pulls a knife on her. And she's like, oh, honey, four inches? Uh, He's like, you'll feel me. <laughs> ah, it's so good. That's Shane Black at the height of his power. Yeah. That's uh, by so- far one of the best one-liners that has ever been said. Or, a, or, or Sam Jackson's like, you know, I can take him out. <laughs> I can take him out from here. He goes, you couldn't hit a lake if you're standing on the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> fuck you. There are a lot of good ones. She, she was very quippy in this. She's so good in it. And you believed it all. You're going to die screaming, and I'm going to watch. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? And then, Look at my face. And then when the bad guy dies, he goes, die screaming, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She gets put on a water wheel. It's great. <laughs> it's really well done. Or the part where, or the part where he's like, "I'll stuff the gun down." I don't want to stuff the gun down my pants. It'll, uh, it'll blow my dick off. What? So you're a sharpshooter now? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Real equipment. And then Everyone's as I a real said, asshole. as I said, "Hey, princess, want some company?" No, thanks. I'm saving myself for when I get raped. And then she, four minutes later, kills yeah. twelve people in an alley. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. It's. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know so if you're listening to this out of point. morbid curiosity. Or if you actually give a shit what we have to say. But I, Matt Lohman, will go on a limb and give uh, give Long Kiss Goodnight one of my highest recommendations. On a scale of one to five bro fists, I give it 12 bro fists. Amazing. 12 bro fists, three spin kicks, and four Ric Flair woo chops. I will give it five backflips. Amazing. Nick has never given anything five backflips in his because whole life. Because he has to do him do them when he says that. Yeah. Oh, shit. We will make him do backflips. He's contractually right. obligated. That's true. I will sue my friend. I can't believe you signed papers. Put it is. on my tab. I can't believe you gave me power of attorney. Let me lose 40 to 50 pounds, and then I'll do backflips again. Okay, well, just a quick heads up. You're 87 deep. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> pounds? Backflips? Probably in two tumbling passes, each with forty backflips. I like, I like, I like your confidence. <laughs> I dig it. I like your confidence. I've seen you when you're this confident, like Icarus. You fly too close <laughs> to the sun and plummet into the fucking ocean. But I like your confidence. Or explode brilliantly. All right. Either way, you don't come home. <laughs> either way, you're fucking dead. Yeah, there was no version of Icarus where he either plummets in the ocean or bursts into flame where you're like, what? well, at least we got the good ending. <laughs> I thought he was the one that became emperor. And then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nope, died screaming. I thought ah. he ate all the sandwiches. <laughs> Which Greek myth is that? So Icarus did not get all you the know, princesses? Icarus sandwich. <laughs> Icarus sandwich. You know, Icarus, Duke of Sandwich. I think an Icarus sandwich is when you eat too much and then you throw up and shit your pants. I think I think an Icarus sandwich an Icarus is when sandwich. you toast it and the bo- the top is very hot, but it's cold somewhere else. An no. Icarus sandwich is and just you like an eight by eight from In and Out. <laughs> That's all it is. No, it has to be enough where they don't even bother cooking the last couple and they're like still raw. Yeah. So I don't know if eight by eight is enough. <laughs> Listeners, what's your idea of Icarus sandwich? An Icarus sandwich is when you go back for fifths at a China buffet. <laughs> when you know you're, you, you know you're, like, you're gonna. All right, I gotta get light now, and you come back with a huge bowl of egg drop soup. <laughs> when you've resigned yourself to the fact that you're just gonna sweat wonton soup broth. <laughs> Oh, look, I, got, I got this huge thing of egg drop soup, and I put cream cheese wontons in it. It's going to catch on. It's the food of the future. <laughs> I topped my lo mein with wonton. Guys, Crap did you know that you can just get egg drop soup and put, and put lo mein noodles in it? Guys, did you know that they don't stop you if you do a layer of yogurt, <laughs> and then you just put chow mein on top of it? They don't care. They'll just let you eat it. They let you do the chocolate vanilla swirl right on top of your chow mein. Sure, your mom or girlfriend gives you shit. Oh, sure, they judge. 
but they don't charge you more, which is my point. There's no judgment. There's, there's no, no judgment. There's no there's no dispersions cast upon how you approach authenticity <laughs> of Chinese food. It's not a problem. This is a different podcast entirely. <laughs> what is happening? No, oh, why don't we have movie. a food podcast Next. yet? Movie. Next. Seven Next. Next. On a Saturday. Movie. movie. Next movie. Next movie. The next movie. Next movie. This movie. The next movie is is you have so many notes. Doomsday. Two thousand and eight, written directed by Neil Marshall. Who he has did the done Descent, a lot of stuff, Dog so. Soldiers, and the Game of Thrones episodes where there's actually fighting in. Yeah, Nick, which episodes are those? Uh, Blackwater and mm-hmm. uh, the Watchers on the Wall. Yep, mm-hmm. uh, yep. That's this most recent. Yeah, game. those are the ones where they actually show their sword fights and don't cut away like they're being clever. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, he did not. Does, he doesn't do great at the box office. I do Doomsday. love the Descent though. The Descent is the shit. No, he's he's never done a movie where I was like, that was a waste of time. He also, most of his original films are all super strong female characters. The Descent is, is all women. No, it's kind of half and half. all women. You have Descent. His early films he are women-based. But he did Descent and Doomsday, which we're talking did, about, which are strong characters but then, Descent too? But then Dog Soldiers and Centurion. Mm-hmm. Actually, there were psycho women in both of those. Yes. I take it back. Okay, so... Not as the main, though. So, so Neil Marshall is a British madman, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he does he does all these movies. He does Centurion, which is about Roman soldiers on the on the other side of enemy lines. Doomsday, which we'll get to. Dog soldiers, which is werewolves versus soldiers, and Descent, which was modern society meets forgotten savages. And what's really interesting title. is all of the his Descent movies. Is the shit. All of his movies are about heroes in retreat. It's mm-hmm. about heroes fleeing. It's about heroes having to survive. Yeah, and it's not hopeless. Like, the women in the Descent can get back to the surface. The guys in the Centurion can get back to Hadrian's Wall. There is civilization Here in, in Doomsday. Here in Doomsday, it is There's that the woman is well-equipped to make it. And, yes, civilization. But, but it's interesting. It's overwhelming. It's just, when I was looking up all of his movies, is it's very much heroes mm. in retreat yeah. to get back to civilization. Mm-hmm. Like, they went out into the wild and they came back. But... Uh, as a fun aside, <laughs> I looked up Neil Marshall's future projects. Shut up. The stuff he has. Yes. I already talked about this with Kyle. Oh, God. They're all my amazing. Favorite. Okay. Oh, okay. my God. They're so good. I haven't heard these. We so. have to, I wish we I've could got just give them all our money. Whatever it happens to make these. The first one's called Outpost. And it's Sounds it's like described as zombies terrorizing oh. an oil rig. <laughs> it's a, why did no one do it? <laughs> that that Why did on no hold. one do it? The other film is called The Eagle's Nest. Oh, so okay, good. so for those of you also who aren't about as, zombies attacking animals. So so for those of you who aren't up to date, there was a uh, German pilot ace, a uh, guy who really knew the Luftwaffe's uh, program in World War II named Rudolf Hess. The Red Baron? He ejected over England and surrendered and then ended up being put into a prison where he was the only occupant in the entire prison. But hmm. he, The Eagle's Nest is a, a movie where Rudolf Hess bails in Scotland and gets captured by a German commando team who takes him to a castle in Scotland and is about an English commando team who has to fight and get him out of there. Wait, this is so many layers. So he's already over Scotland. He's over Scotland. He ditches his plane to try and turn himself over to the Allies because he doesn't want to fight for the Nazis. And then he gets kidnapped by a German commando team that's already there. They're behind the lines. So they're behind the lines. And then he has to get saved by an American commando team. God, yes. There's a, his next movie is called The Sword and the Fury. This is my favorite one! <laughs> this is my favorite times a million. It's a heist that takes place in medieval times. Yes! 
Wait, the the restaurant? Infant, don't hold even on, hold talk on, about it anymore. The restaurant? No, the era or the in history. Times. Okay. The times. The times times. Slightly less cool. All right. It takes 30 years. It takes place 30 years after the death of King Arthur. His sword Excalibur is stolen. So his queen Guinevere hires a band of thieves and mercenaries to steal it back. Uh, it's a goddamn I, medieval heist movie. It's Ocean's Eleven. He'll do that well. He has medieval experience. Oh, it's so good. The I next, know, which we need to talk about. The next is Sacrilege. It takes place in the Old West, and Neil Marshall described the film as, it's set during the gold rush, a time remembered for incidents like the Donner Party. It is meant to be a pitch-black, gritty what? period horror movie. The film will be themed on paranoia and isolation, and the director is going to draw inspiration from the film The Thing, this is unforgiven by the way of H.P. Lovecraft, with that grim, gritty setting and a horror, mel- horror yes. element nobody's seen before in the Old West. Of course yes. not. Finally, right. Burst 3D, a, three, a horror film first announced in October 2009 that Neil Marshall wants to direct. The film is based on a screenplay by these guys you've never heard of. They're following st- travelers stranded in a blizzard being attacked by an entity that makes people spontaneously combust. <laughs> the rights have been purchased by Sam Raimi. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> Listen, I am Neil Marshall. Excited I, I will about say all this. These. As a director, not like super impressed by Doomsday, by him as a writer-director, but the man understands what project should get off the ground. <laughs> and he knows what to make what I want to see. So I support it wholeheartedly. Which, let's get into Doomsday, because I will say this. Oh. I watched this movie for the first time for this podcast. Uh, it is not what I expected. <laughs> I think that it is a little unfocused, to yeah. say the least. I think, that it, I think it skips to, you know, a lot of different areas and <laughs> yeah, genres a he little really bit, not genres, but certainly areas. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be Mad Max and then it was not. Hard and left then turn. Malcolm McDowell was just there briefly in a castle, but apparently he was also the narrator. And then, uh, I will say Car this chase. though. It's a hundred percent an action. Film. It is a thousand no, percent there is an no action doubt. Movie. I will say this. It is worth you watching. It's mindless and ridiculous but it is 100% an action movie led by a, such a good female lead. Okay, so the movie takes place in the future. There is a, a virus, and we're, it, it doesn't explain where the it comes Reaper from. Virus. It's, it's like Reaper 28 virus. days later meets... But it's not zombies, but it's like you it's die not. terribly. You turn into a feral savage, and then you die. Yeah. So they basically rebuild Hadrian's Wall. And for those of you who don't know your history, Hadrian's Wall is only like waist high. The Romans built it just to demark their territory in the Britons. And what makes it so badass is they didn't build like a siege wall. They just built like a hip high wall. And then they told all the people in England, they go, on this side of the wall is Roman law. On the other side is whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. The second you cross that wall and don't respect Roman law, we will bring the might of the empire down on you. Yeah. We won't defend it. We're just going to walk into your house and we're going to burn it to the fucking ground. <laughs> so basically they rebuild a wall across Hadrian's Wall, but a real siege wall to trap all the infected Scottish people in there. Mm-hmm. And then the... the Haven't the, the Scots gone through enough? <laughs> no shit. No. I did think that. When I was watching it, I was like, man, they just keep getting bad, man. <laughs> it's Braveheart. It's so upsetting. <laughs> oh, it's Braveheart. Oh, they got freed, and then they got taken over again. And so then they upsetting. got reaper-virused, and then they... And then they got virused. So then the virus shows up in... The virus shows up in London, and then it's revealed that 
satellite photos have shown survivors in Scotland. By the way, this is like years maybe, later after. Maybe the survivors show up earlier. They had like a wild line of why the satellites weren't picking up the survivors earlier. Shit's bullshit. Which was? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like, we're in castles that are built of stone, so they couldn't pick us up. <laughs> That's it. But the guy, the prime minister's like, yeah, we have satellites watching them the whole time. And only three years ago did we pick up survivors. This is like, I like there's literally hundreds upon hundreds of people. Well, you saw them. Well, the whole thing was you like. You seen them. Well, the whole thing with the castles is easily is like, why would you watch the fucking countryside? You'd watch the city. Who cared? Well, like, yeah, no, I get that. That's such that. an easy fix. Wouldn't that be the line? That's such an easy yeah. fix. I don't also, know why when you don't that. find anyone in the city, just go, eh, just like take one satellite and direct it towards the countryside. They'll like actually survey the whole land. Don't just watch a bunch of dead, desolate buildings for like 20 years and be like, well, everyone's, everyone's fucking dead. We thought it, it's right. So they find out there's survivors, and they think there's a cure. So they want to send a military team in to extract the cure. Led by Laura Because so it's one of the the virus has spread beyond the wall. It's in London now. They show up in London, and then they're like, now oh, they're there's desperate. survivors in Scotland. We need to go in and find out what the cure is. So they send a military team headed by Rona Mitra, Laura who's, who's been in a lot of stuff. She was in the uh, underworld that wasn't Kate Beckinsale. Laura Croft. The prequel. She was the first live-action model for Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Laura Croft was sculpted. And she was in the Ali G movie. Yes. So she leads a team so to I go to go into Scotland to extract the virus, and it's it's exactly what you would think of a uh, collapsed civilization. It's cannibals, it's gas marauders, it's, Tire armor. it's punk rock, it's diesel Mad punk. Max. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be Mad yeah. Max the whole time. And then and it's then what not! and then what happens is is they escape they the cannibals. They escape they the cannibals, they go in the countryside, and it's medieval Europe. <laughs> and it's not like For no reason. And it's, and it's not like it's not like they live in a castle, and you're like, oh, of course you'd live in a castle is protection. But like everyone's dressed like they would be in the medieval yes! times. And not like dressed like they adapted like Pieces of cars to be, look like armor. Yeah. Are they adapted like leather jackets yeah, or whatever? The one no, it's everybody, like that. everybody looks like they stepped out of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. A hundred percent. Like the girl that they rescue at the beginning. I was like, she's wearing like a Maid Marian costume, and then they go in the forest, and the knights ride in. I'm like, completely God damn it. armor, a museum or yeah. something. But there was the one guy that had like dented armor that looks like a crude remake. Yeah, like the main yeah, guy. If he just the main rediscovered guy that she fights, and we never really know who he is, yeah. just that he's, he's just kind the of giant a badass. Dude. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, that was another note on this film. As soon as the wall closed, everyone was just like, well, back to castles. Back We're to doing castles. it, guys. That's it. Everyone, get your long dresses. Back to everyone, checkpoint lo- castles. Like, literally. The world of Mad Max is way more believable to me <laughs> than the medieval, like, that people in that situation, of course they go to madness, cannibalism, leather chaps, weird mohawks and tattoos, Tire ladies armor. pole dancing so they won't get eaten. Oh, God, awesome. Like, I get that. That makes sense. They played music. They put on like a weird burlesque show at some it point. Was awesome. It's fucking great. We'll, we'll get into that. I got. I was Wait, like, are we going to get into this? that now? Or and then later? they had a pit fire where they they literally had a barbecue. They had a barbecue that I would like to recreate minus the cannibalism. I actually the only <laughs> quotes I have are from the barbecue because I think that's how we should open all of our cookouts from now on. Yeah. But anyway, so that's just it. Is like me logically when society <laughs> collapses, it's like, oh yeah, I would retreat to a castle. I would cut it off. 
Would you? Yeah. Like, in America? No, but I mean, if I was in England, like, sure. you go to the countryside where there's no cannibals, and you set up a castle which you can defend, or at least shut the door so they can't storm it, but at no point am I going to forget, like, the hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or, or jeans. Gun. Yeah. They're just like, they're which, just like, we're going all in. We're going to go like cloth in, pants with no pockets. First of all, you're definitely stealing a car and driving <laughs> out there. You're not getting a horse. First of all, where the fuck are you getting the horses? I don't even know. They're, they're, horses are running wild. <laughs> Immediately. As soon as everyone's <laughs> sick and dying, horses are the first ones to run away. They're the first ones. So you just go to catch them and they've got animal instincts. Them. I, I don't want to re-break them. I don't get it. I hate it. I want to re-break them. It's the lazy. Movie, the I would like to get end. a 1980s Mustang and like a barrel of gas, and that's all I need. I'm fine. But the gas runs out. I get it. It's for emergencies. <laughs> it's to get to the castle, and then one of the, once I'm at the castle, <laughs> it's for emergencies strictly. If we were back in Indiana, there'd for, be horses everywhere. It's a murder stang. Okay. Once I get to the okay. okay, okay. It feels like we're getting off topic. Let's do a few things Put where a on it. where a we discuss how stacked this cast is. Bob Hoskins. But I, oh, I'm so happy he's he dead. shows up as 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 uh, Ronamitra, aka Eden Seclair's gruff mentor. Mario's in it. He, uh, he by the way, her, all of the the ladies in both these movies have amazing names. Eden Sinclair, Eden Charlie Sinclair. Baltimore, Sam Kane. <laughs> uh, David O'Hara, who's been in a lot of stuff, but is probably most well known as the crazy Irishman from Braveheart. Yes, Stephen. God damn it! It's my yeah. island. My <laughs> island. As as the Lord as, said, he could get me out of this, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Malcolm McDowell, who is our narrator, who is barely there, but he's 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 the guy who's in charge of going full medieval. I will say this. I think that this is one of those movies where we were talking earlier. I think it's a great... I think it is an action movie. I think that she is great in it. I think that is a fun movie worth you watching. But I think it is a movie that uh, a lot of the pieces are apparent. Here's the thing is... is the structure the is very obvious. Here's the thing. The things that make Kyle pump the brakes... Yes. are the things that I think you should gun it and jump the fucking gorge. <laughs> I like that they're like, I want to shoot aliens, and I want to make a Road Warrior homage, and then I want to watch an elite SAS soldier fight a medieval knight with a mace. And yes. he made that movie. It, it's shot in Scotland. It takes place in Scotland. Here's a really funny story. It was embraced by Scottish tourism. Because they wanted, they thought people would see the natural beauty and then see that they could do road warrior and medieval castles and be like, oh, Scotland's really flexible for shooting. I mean, it is. Yeah, and it's amazing. And ah. like we had this discussion, actually, when Skyfall came out initially, is Skyfall is a beautifully shot movie. It's probably yeah. the best-looking James Bond movie. Oh, yeah. But I remember, like, you know, they go to, they go to Shanghai, it and, it's, and it's bathed along. in neon. It's like the precursor to Blade Runner. Oh, so And then they good. go to Macau, and everything's gold and, like, soft lit. And then when they go to, they go to Scotland, and I remember, and I don't know if this is it's my Catholic so showing, dank. and it, it's what I thought purgatory would look like. <laughs> it was overcast yeah. and, like, foggy, and everything had, like, a touch of gray to it. And there was, so that was gray. Yeah, and I was like, that's what purgatory looks like. And it's... It looked like you could walk forever. Yeah, you could legit probably do almost anything you want in scotland there are mountains yeah. there like but you don't see the top of them you could walk up you'd probably yeah. never reach it's the top. it's i totally get it it's a shame doomsday didn't really take off yeah because uh scotland had the right instinct yeah and doomsday makes all of its points for it, about, but it just wasn't great about doomsday i was upset because i was like oh mad max oh then it stopped being mad max then it became medieval knights 
And then that was ludicrous. But then he had a but night then, fight, which was great. But then, it, but then it literally becomes Mad Max at the again. end. And yeah, then it came the back full around. And I was like, oh, thank God. And they're in a Bentley. What the fuck is going Here's on? Here's the best part is Bentley doesn't do product placement. If you ever see Bentley in a movie, they didn't approve it. And they I didn't literally get the cars. was wondering. So production bought a Bentley. They bought three at full price. The first one, what? someone drove into a gorge and destroyed it. <laughs> Immediately, was the camera even rolling on that? The second That PA did. was fired. That PA was killed. So that then, PA was what, who they burned okay, in the barbecue Okay, these are $200,000 cars, at least. Probably 150 two- grand apiece. So then he... More than the so house then, that I grew up in. So Bentley doesn't do uh, product placement. You have the second, which they did for like all the stunts, and they have the third, which is the hero car. Here's how great Bentley is. Here's where you get your money worth. This is this. They made a point of mentioning this. Is yes. The second that did all the stunts was unbelievably durable. At the end, it only needed co- cosmetic work. The engine and the frame were perfectly fine. Really? Yeah. All the shit they did it, they just had to do like so a those repaint, are actually like, well built machine yeah. built machines yeah. because I just always assumed that was bullshit. So I could no. drive my Bentley through a bus. No, I mean let's like be a, honest, like a Ferrari's though, no all fiberglass. Were... You could break a Ferrari with like a shovel. Yeah, and like <laughs> two hours. Challenge accepted. I'll be but, right like, back. A Bentley would fucking keep working. Weird. I mean, I guess that's still nice, but it's also not worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Literally. Let, let's talk about it. Uh, uh, the an underrated w- woman of action. She wasn't in the she wasn't in the movie long, but she played Viper, the tat, the face tattooed sword woman. Oh yeah, yeah. She well, first of all, quick. can I say something? That was another disappointment in this film. She's literally on the Blu-ray cover. She's in all of the previews, and then she dies almost immediately. Yeah. She's in the previews, sticking her tongue out. But I was pissed. I, was, me. I thought I was she cool was the it. one in charge. No, they so. well, that's what they they made it seem like from all, everything. Anyway, continue. But she's played by Leanne Liebenberg. She's South African. She's a model and a stunt woman. South African. And, uh, well, good for them for giving a stunt woman yeah. a model and a stunt woman. All right. You know, she's a model, <laughs> stunt woman. But it's it's just like Ian Sinclair's. There's no... She just shows up fully formed as a badass. Yeah. And she just happens to bump into Eden Sinclair, who's a bigger badass. Yeah. And Eden Sinclair takes her fucking life. Immediately. But it's there's no there's no explanation. In there's favor no... of uh, a bad guy that's I would say less appealing than she was. I thought she would have been a way better bad guy. Oh, main bad I guy. I wanna yeah. see a lady versus lady fight in that. We did, and it didn't work out yeah, for one see lady. It at the end. That's where I thought it was going. It was upsetting. Uh, I guess it was Viper like, I guess you up. could say that it's good for the movie she in was terms there. that it surprised me, but then also it was a terrible surprise. Uh, guys, Viper was, was there at the car scene at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, her okay. head was duct taped back onto Well, that her was body. by far one of the best parts. Because <laughs> Neil Marshall's a sick fuck, yes. and God bless him. Yeah, As right. the, um, the, uh, the black leather clad bound okay, I say, yeah. masochist strapped to the front of the car. run-through jokes in this movie. Okay. One... Gimp. They have a gimp that is, as soon as they cross over to the restricted zone and get captured and everything, the gimp's there. (laughs) From the get-go. He's there from start to end. He's in the last battle. He's strapped to a goddamn motorcycle that I don't even recognize as a motorcycle. (laughs) Like, the way he shot that thing, I was like, he's strapped to something. What is it? And it took me, like, five minutes to figure out what he was strapped to. I was like, oh, he's on... And it was right before he died. But like it was like, just, yeah. and he only had one line. And it was just yeah, it was that. It was just was yeah. It was like As when they're playing chicken, he's like, yeah. Through a zipper. 
Anyway, great, great running joke. But it's uh, I love it just because it fulfills all of our rules of action movies. Is Eden Sinclair shows up fully formed. Like we we, we I mean, learn we about see her, her backstory. Past. We see her backstory, but we don't see her training. We don't see no. her origin. We just understand she's seen some shit. And then she was based on two characters: Snake Plissken <laughs> and the man with no name. From the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly trilogy, Snake Plissken makes sense to me. But like That'd the good, like yeah. the, here's the thing: is is she had like a lot more lines, and she had like funny lines, and then she and the director sat down and just trimmed all of her dialogue. I see. That's great, though. I, I think that works for that movie. I don't think she's a quippy character. No, and I, 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 I don't think, think she made the right out. choice. I think, I think yeah, they made the right choice. Go in, do her yeah. job, and then be done. Yeah, yeah like she that. was. She was the rock, and then I like how she was kind of. She was absolutely ruthless mm-hmm. on both sides of the coin. Like, if you crossed her, she took your life mm-hmm. and didn't even think twice about it. And yeah. if you fell behind and jeopardized gone. the mission, mm-hmm. she walked away. Yes. Like, I, she I has, liked how she has even a, her team knew that, though. Yeah. Like, that, uh, what's her, like, the black dude. Yeah. Yeah. Who, like who she kind of started to have a thing for. Yeah. And then when he went down, yeah, there was like she some never weird looked back. Quick romances in this film. Like, she started to love. Love, I don't know. I guess she, just well. No, there's the there's the nerdlinger and the daughter. Nerdlinger loved daughter. Yeah, yeah. she loved Malcolm Mc, McDowell's daughter. Yeah, and then she kind of had a, a mutual respect thing going with the with with the with the other head soldier, yeah. basically the guy who was in charge before she showed up. Yeah, and then when he died, there was no. I'm not leaving without you. No. There was no cheer It set. was, you're she, dead. She Sorry. looked at him. Oh, you're she gone. She basically bro-nodded at she him. Like an upwards no, no, bro-nod <laughs> to acknowledge that he was alive. She, no, once she stayed left. there long enough to watch him die. Yeah, she gave him that respect. And then left. Yeah, and then yeah. and then moved on. Barely, but yeah. in, in his honor, barely made it through. Yeah. And barely escaped. Yeah. She gave him a shot. That's what I like is there was no like, oh, she's an action hero, but she's also like a lady. A like lady. that cliched idea. A cliched idea of what femininity. There was is. no like romance plot to it. There was nothing. She was just there to do a job. Yeah, and she wanted to do the. And fucking she respected job. that guy. Yeah, and, and there died. wasn't a moment where so she moved sh- the fuck on. Yeah, and there wasn't a moment queen where a guy wasteland. pulled her out. Oh yeah, of, and then like, at the, the end, fire, she, like, she becomes queen of the wa- wasteland. But which yeah, I Nick, thought Nick, was a fucking yeah. awesome ending. But Nick was making a good point: is the no last, one had to save her. Yeah, no, she no saved one. everyone. Never. Yeah. Even when she was imprisoned, yeah. she got herself out. Yeah, it's the same thing with Long Kiss Goodnight, is even when Gina Davis was ever imperiled, yeah. she got out of it. Yes. And like the one time Mitch thought he saved her by putting the gun to the guy's head in the alley, she, she was totally in control. Yeah. 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 He didn't need to be there. You don't think I could have I think that's super asshole? important. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it's extra important for a film that is a female action oriented film. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for that. A guy, I don't know. A, a film we've seen a million action films headed by dudes. All of them, almost every single one. <laughs> so it's like when they're saved by someone else or like something like that. It's kind of like that comedic moment, but like it means a lot that uh, it didn't happen. That it didn't happen yeah. when your hero is a woman. And I, I mean, that's kind of a sad double standard, but I think it's, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to like the whole problem we had where we couldn't find action movies that weren't genre first like aliens or kill bill where it's just like you have to you have to be already outside of reality to make Mm -hmm. it work and then you see a movie like doomsday which was genre but it was action movie first yeah you know it almost feels like and 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 still the same thing with like the long kiss goodnight where the woman is fully in charge you know she can be she can she can have she can have her sexuality yeah and it's not a flaw 
No. And there's no, like, slut-shaming. Like, she shows up. You know, she likes to have sex. She likes to kick ass. And she is fucking in charge. Yeah. And, um... From the get-go. Yeah. It was very difficult for us to find a movie that had all those things and was good. Yeah. Which well, is that's the problem. a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> which is probably the greatest tragedy of Gina Davis's action career not taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that there's... I mean, there is a shortage of female-driven action movies, but the travesty is that what there is. what ones do exist are fucking bad. Okay, so let's talk They're about really let's, bad. Let's talk about a female action movie that was made for the female and was bad. Steve Soderbergh's Haywire. Haywire. So okay, so I here's have a lot here's, on here's this. let's let's get this out of the way. I didn't do the research where I got like the date and stuff, but basically yeah. Steve Soderbergh saw a Gina Carano fight and was like, "She is my muse." So he met <laughs> Which her. I understand. She's no, but, gorgeous. No, but couldn't, so, so he made understand more. He made a movie for her. Yeah. And then on the set of that movie, he met his actual muse, Channing Tatum, and made Magic Mike. <laughs> God damn it. And started the reconnaissance. It's interesting is like he kind of understood from the get-go because he worked with um oh, what's that uh porn actress he did the girlfriend experience with? Sasha Gray. Sasha Gray. So he did Sasha Gray, and it's like he kind of understood what was what it was to work with someone who couldn't act. Yeah. So he basically surrounded mm. Gina Carano with people who could act mm. in the hopes that oh, this like, her, natural, her natural physical charisma yeah. when she wasn't on screen yeah. wouldn't be boring because you would have these people who could act. Yeah. The problem was was anytime she was on screen with like, I Which don't know. Which is pretty fucking clever. Bill Paxton, Michael F. Asbender, <laughs> yeah. Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. She got blown off the screen. Like yeah. that was the problem. Is, Antonio is instead of cutting to those guys acting... Yeah. She was forced to interact with them. Yeah. And she came up woefully short. So she was like the cipher who kind of faded into the background during the non-action scenes. Yeah. And the action scenes weren't that great. Yeah. Because they tried to be believable. Well, because it's Soderbergh. Yeah. I, I will say they... as an action director at all, they actually, ever. I wrote this down. That's why he they got were actually, good actors. Yeah. I thought the movie. fight scenes were shot well. It didn't do the thing where it zooms in super close to try to hide bad action. Mm-hmm. He knew he had good action. Yeah, he knew so Gina Carano didn't have to cheat. The fight scenes looked pretty good. I but thought. I just thought they were unimaginative. Yeah, it's like, yeah they there were. There was nothing that, I mean, they were realistic. put it in a big budget fucking scenario. Like, yeah, it's, fast, clear that he five, blew, it's clear that he blew the budget on surrounding her with good actors. Mm-hmm. And then all you needed was her with these big set pieces to run around on. Yeah, we didn't need Aspender there. No, for her to like bounce off of. And we needed like, Vin Diesel. Yeah, she surrounded mm. her. They, he surrounded her with A-listers when what she needed was B at best. No, but like that, we saw she that just fast needed five, actioners that are believable to surround her. But the budget was blown on, you know, Aspender, yeah. Ewan McGregor, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, Bill Why? Paxton. Like the the money was blown on Who them. Cares? But what we needed the money That's blown on. That's when Soderbergh makes a fucking action movie. But what we needed He needed Ocean's 11 for this. Movie. No, but what we needed was not the money spent on those guys' salary is we needed that money spent on faceless stuntmen. Yeah. She could Superman punch and roundhouse kick off yes. of boats and like throw into helicopter or blades. money for more films so we could do more see, takes. See, this is what happens when like people kind of short shrift action movies and action movie and directors. Think they can do it. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, well, what if we saw, you know, so and so do an action movie? We saw one of the best directors working do yes. an action movie. It was awful. And it sucked. It sucked bad. It like, sucked uh, that's out what loud. I hate when people are just like, Michael Bay. What a piece of shit. And people are just like, I'm just like, 
Guys, you can't. You do don't his even job. fucking know what's involved. Fathom what happens. I dare you to make something. Listen, listen. You can hate on the Transformers movies all you want, but like when he's shooting actual human beings doing action, it's very difficult, and it's an art form. You don't have to like it. You don't have yeah. to appreciate it. Watch Bad Boys too. But it's I still- dare you to not be entertained and not love that. But yeah, he made. It just is. It's upsetting. I like Soderbergh. I, was, I, I think love Soderbergh. He's hit or miss, even on his dramatic shit. But like it, you're right. It, it was an instance where he was just like, "I've done all this. Let me. I'm gonna make an action film for you." I finally found my action muse. At which you don't need a muse for action. No, you don't. I mean, you so- need an idea, and ideally, <laughs> you get fucking a Will Smith to do your shit. To channel your stuff through, but that's it. But he basically tried to reverse Nick Cage it. Like, where you take yeah. someone like Nick Cage, who was like a character actor, did mm-hmm. leave in Las Vegas and stuff, known for like being actually a really good actor. Yeah. And then Michael Bay made him an action hero. What he found was he found someone who could do the action and try to make her an actor, and he fucked up. It, because you can't do and that. For, it listen, doesn't work that for, way. For this movie to focus on, like, oh, she's a good action star. And try to turn her into an actor. This movie spent way too much time on the acting part. Yeah, yeah. Like Justin Lin figured it out in Fast Five Six. Just like okay, let's just cut these scenes. They Dude, all could do been the fun stuff. Like there is some good, like for the actors that are in Fast Five, Fast Six, they're doing some decent dramatic acting. <laughs> the best. But actors you know what are. they do yeah. is that they don't, they don't linger on it yeah and they let it and it lives in the character so it makes sense and it's okay and it's a little melodramatic and And it's a little like towards the genre but that's okay because it makes sense for what's happening in that moment and you don't have to be Soderbergh you don't have to be Spielberg to make that believable and make it work you just you just need it to live in that moment and then move on to the next set piece that's what action is that's what a good action movie does is it's set piece, believable banter, even mm-hmm. if it's bullshit, like, it's fine. As long as you're constantly... Well, I mean, that's just... Anyway, sorry, I'm discovering myself. <laughs> but Kyle's then, having in, a in moment. In general, that's just good filmmaking, yeah. is every scene matters, and every scene pushes it forward, and you don't... See, so- it, it's almost... It's not the back end, it's the preamble. Like, yeah. he took too much time warming up. Like, the dinner with, like, Michael F. Fassbender mm-hmm. and, like, all this stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But Nick Man. was actually the only one... I watched it forever ago. Nick saw it yesterday. Nick, right. unleash. Oh, God. So, last night I got in at, like, three or four. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this. So, I put it in. I was about to stop watching, like, two, three minutes in until Channing Tatum took a full glass of beer and smashed it on her face like i i was literally raising the remote to turn it off and then he smashed it it's in that first scene i was yeah, like it's, oh it's, it's almost like soderbergh wanted you to care about the build-up to the action sequence yeah when it's like if you do your job it, right we it was shot so boring yeah i'm sorry this was a boring movie it besides boring. the action scenes you know this is what happens when someone you know i'm, I'm making air fingers here i'm making air quotes someone's smart or good yeah. tries to make an action movie, and it's like you gotta lean into it. You can't civilize yeah. it. And I well, wonder. You need to understand I, the smart thing to do is embrace the genre. Yes. And make those like jumps and make that because certain genres allow you to make shortcuts. Yeah. And allow you to jump from thing to thing. Like people go in with a certain mindset, use that to your advantage. Like you don't. 
make a serious film out of action. In action, there can be leaps in logic. Yeah. There can, you don't have to show everything that happened. Yeah, I mean, People we've all seen the Mythbusters where they're like, if you shoot the gas tank, it doesn't explode. Yeah, it's fine. It does in action movies. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But use that to your advantage as a storyteller and yeah. bend your storytelling to that. Don't, I mean, don't fuck up. I didn't. He fucked what, up with this well, movie. Well, it's almost like it's almost like well, you know when people are like, "Well, I don't understand how you know this happened," or "I don't understand how he's able to do this." It's like, who cares? Well, it's like action movies aren't a how-to guide. It's not. It just is because you you are being guided through this film by people that know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't need to show you how to do it, why it's happening, what it's doing. Mm -hmm. They just fucking do it yeah. because they are men or are women of action. And that's what the genre is, and they're constantly pushing forward. They don't have time to show you what's happening. They don't have time Absolutely. to recap for you. In this, that's what happened. In this movie, and I think a great example of something that could have been awesome, but they didn't have the budget for, is there is, I will describe it as a light parkour scene. Yeah. <laughs> where she is about. escaping on the rooftops. <laughs> and she's doing like... I wouldn't even categorize it as parkour. I'm sorry. She's great. What does she's light awesome parkour in, mean? No, it's, it's no, stuff like you and right. I could do. Yeah. She's just like, she can just make jumps two feet farther. Uh, it's awful. And it's like, just it's like. It's supposed to be exciting. And, and it's, it's not, not cut like, like that. Like, look, watch the scene. It's you know so where easy she, to go Where she falls parkour. off the ladder, those shots before she falls off the ladder are so I long. think that's also a it's thing like where he was so in love with her. The movie. And he was. And it's just so long. But then at the end of that light parkour scene, <laughs> she comes to a car. I'm like, oh, the window's down. I'm like, oh, she's going to hotwire that car. There's going to be a car scene. No, it cuts to, oh, she just turned out to steal a sweatshirt out of it. And she disguises herself in the sweatshirt and walks out of the alley. That's yeah, because she has a different colored shirt. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait. It, I think that there's an issue of a man in love with his muse because he probably was just like, I'm going to get her and she's going to do all her stunts. And it's just like, I'm no, I've good. seen really she good parkour. I've seen good parkour scenes. Just hire someone. District hire. There's 50 people in Hollywood you could hire. They're so amazing. They're amazing. There are courts. There are like, legions of parkour. Yeah, you could fucking do it. Just get someone good and make it interesting. And it's fine. It's Steel not car. in an action movie. For what you are demanded to do in an action film as an actor, it's okay to use a stuntman. It's okay to use a double. No one is upset. It's <laughs> fucking fine. They ask you to do shit that's superhuman, that is super deadly, and, like, I get it. If you're Jackie afraid, the exception, I don't give a not shit. The role. Exactly. Yeah, it, 100%. Like, you don't have to do it. I'm not upset. As long as I don't put you the the double in a shitty mullet wig and I can super tell that th when they cut it I don't care it's fine but that I think that's what that was was just he was just like I got this athlete she could do everything it's like no she can't she can she can like beat the fuck her. out of people she can't fucking so show her beating the fuck out of people yeah what she's in I'd like to see her in the hands of someone else um is it She's in the new Fast Five, right? She she's in Fast Five Six. Yeah, and then she got Fast harpooned out of a plane. Yeah, yeah. But she was great in that but because they, she didn't talk and she just hurt people. Yeah, she just showed mm. up and then The Rock used her as like his pit bull. Yeah, and like her job was to fuck people up for mm -hmm. America. She did and great. She did that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, real fast before we uh, before we close out, uh, we're gonna address 
what we think we're probably going to get letters and emails and Twitter. A hundred percent, we will. Oh, yeah. is, is, there will be comments. Is Ellen Ripley in Aliens? Yes. And Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill? Yes. We all love those movies. I fucking Aliens. Great action. Is, Aliens is just a hallmark. Aliens is top five. No. No, like, top five, not top five action, top five genre. Aliens is one of my top five favorite movies. I could watch Aliens every day and never get sick of it's it. It's beautiful. All day, son. It's got the action. It's James Cameron at the highest powers. You got powers. people with fucking dramatic chops. Laying it on thick. Michael Bine. Fucking amazing. Bill Michael Paxton. Bine is my hero. Bill Paxton Hanging is my out. hero. Lance Henriksen is my hero. Beautiful shit. But, Bill Paxton also in uh, Haywire. But there's too long between action. She doesn't kind like a lot of it is just cowering in corners and firing at stuff. She off does screen. not answer her call to action immediately, which it is, takes a lot of convincing. Which I understand adds a dramatic film. She's a badass though. Yeah, but the thing is, is there's but that like, last fucking. But scene. there's multiple calls of action. But that last scene. It's like the call but to action. Last scene. The call to action to go back to LV two four six. But that last scene. And then the call to action. But. The call Let's to action, think about the last The call scene. to action to drive the APC in there to rescue the surviving yes. Marines. And then the call to action to go back for Newt. And then the call to action to go back for Newt. She the does do all time. of those things. Like it's She does all of it. But that's the thing, is is like she does it and it's it's satisfying on a, a personal way. level. But it's still it's just not an action movie. There's too long between action movies. There's too much of the action sequences firing off screen at something that's not there. It's also uh, Oh yeah, they're I, like I oh the guns it, are shooting at something now. There is a lot of action they're in that out. movie. It's much closer to a thriller. Yeah. Uh or even a horror movie than it is to an action movie. And and what there also, is fucking awesome action in that yeah. movie. But what also hurts it is but, what came before it wasn't an action movie. Yeah, yeah. And what came 100%. after it wasn't an action movie. No. So it's it's the war story of this person, yeah. But it's still well, it's just not an action movie. But I listen straight up. I have the biggest crush on Sigourney Weaver. Oh God, she's to this, so to this to this day, and she's amazing. But it's just it's not it's not there. And listen, uh, the email is actionclimax all one word at gmail.com. If you would like to fight for it, if you or write a if piece, you have other movies yeah, that you think would it. be a great representative, well, absolutely. Like we would love to be proven wrong. We would yeah. love to have to go back and 100%. talk about aliens for two hours. No fucking. We shit. love so, talking this shit. So <laughs> please let us know. And then uh, Kill Bill is. In my mind, one movie. Volumes 1 it and Volumes is, 2 yeah. are one movie. I mean, he meant it to be one yeah. movie. It is. And you have the action climax at the end of one. ass Western yeah. movie. You have the fi- it's you, a Western. You have the physical, yeah. visceral climax well, that's the weird thing at the end of one, and then the, the emotional climax is, at the end of two. The genre is negotiable. Well, it, it's kung fu into Western. Yeah. And it's neat because it kind of shows the similarities. But... You know, if you watch it as one movie, if you think of it as one movie as I do, the action fucking stops yeah. for a very long time. Listen, the climax of it is amazing. The her and Bill talking, all that stuff is fucking phenomenal. That is a man who fucking knows how to write dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, unbelievably. The climax of those movies is a scene for cinephiles. It is not a scene for action fans. Yeah, 
fans. It's an also it like, is not um, that that's not what it is. The climax the bad guys of an have action a very film, simple plan too, isn't yeah. it? It's well, not the, an overly complex. Well, yeah, because it's it's, it's a it's a western. It's a kung fu movie, and we're going to do a western episode. We're going to do a kung fu movie episode because there are differences. Yeah, they're certainly within the, the action, action movie. Yeah, they're the action. They're in the action movie kingdom, but they are their own independent uh, duchy, their own mm-hmm. their own dukedom. Mm-hmm. But uh, we love both of those movies. But there's just there's too much time between action in a lot of them. The fight sequences in Aliens aren't there. They're really not, except for when she fights the queen. And then, yeah. you know, the Kung Fu movie rules are a little bit different in Kill Bill. Yeah. Uh, we both love those There's movies. There's a lot of great action um, in Kill Bill. Seriously, Ellen Ripley is one of my all-time favorite characters, uh, including three and four. Yeah. Uh, I think she got, I think she got the short shrift. I think it's what happens when you go from Ridley Scott and James Cameron to not them. Four four was a pilot for Firefly. Yeah, but it four, was a test. It yeah. was a test. It was test footage for Firefly. And that's the if thing. If you watch four, it's literally the last time I watched. it, I was like, really? Oh shit! Yeah, Ron Perlman's literally. Jane. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's test footage for Firefly. But but that's the thing is is like is 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 it so hard to do Aliens because you had really Scott and James Cameron, and then after them you had David Fincher in his and first big movie. And they, Both of them and for they their shit the first bed. big Yeah, films. but Joss Whedon did like Toy Story and he did he did uh he brushed up on speed. He's not yeah. he's not a baby. He wasn't was. new to it. He ain't a virgin. Writing wise, yeah. But they just in I also thought that movie was directed like if a the, dickhead. If this was just, just a weird. podcast where we talked about our favorite movies or was a genre movie podcast, we absolutely would have devoted a lot of time to Kill Bill and Aliens. Yeah. But it's an action movie podcast, and we set down our thesis statement, our rules in episode one. Go and, back and download it. And Aliens and Kill Bill just didn't make it. No. Um, but we love those movies so much. If if you can prove me wrong and, and write an impassioned letter to... to We'll we'll do we'll do a two hour aliens episode. That's not a problem. That's no not less than seven talk pages. About it. That's fine. They're great characters. Listen, they're strong, wonderful female, female. characters, mm-hmm. and take they, charge. It like acted wonderfully, especially in the the like Sigourney Weaver is beautiful in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Even like, in a robot, just always. Especially she in a acts. Robot. She. The reason why the Aliens franchise is successful is because of her. Because she elevates that material like into the stratosphere. It would not be half as good in anyone else's hands. She's an interesting character. She acts her fucking balls off. Like like straight up. Scene. She's in a movie surrounded by characters in like body armor and camo holding futuristic assault rifles. Yeah. Saying cool shit. Mm-hmm. And then she is in like a sky blue jumpsuit with yeah. a perm and yeah. she's the coolest fucking character in the whole movie. Yeah. 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 She's amazing. And yeah. I mean, of course, Beatrice Kiddo is yeah. cool. And but Uma that's Thur- stylized yeah. cool. That's a different kind of cool. Yeah. That's not a believable kind of cool. Yeah. I love the dialogue in Quentin Tarantino movies. That's a but Tarantino it, but it's, cool. But it's hyper real. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's how cool you are if you get to size up a situation and then do it twice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it, you know, less good or less amazing, but still. They just, they just didn't, they just didn't meet our criteria. They didn't meet our rules. But I 1,010% recommend The Long Kiss Goodnight. And then I 900% recommend Doomsday. Doomsday just hits all my buttons. It's just the right kind of insanity. Doomsday is... It was not my favorite movie that I've ever watched for this podcast. Though normally I'm watching movies that I've seen a million times for this podcast. This is the first time I watched it. It didn't hit all my buttons. I'll be honest, though. If you like action movies, there's, there's no reason for you to not enjoy it. It's completely maddening. The scene that's playing is maddening. 
that's the best scene. It's it's it, it is like crazy in some of the best ways, <laughs> and it. It, she's fucking awesome in it. Well, I wish that it, the the thing that's a travesty is that she didn't get more work after this. Really, like yeah. big yeah. work. Well, she's done like the practice. She was on Nip Tuck. She's been she's done a lot of TV. She was on Strike Back, which we might do an episode for because it's action movie, the TV show. Here's the thing that I love about Doomsday is, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a deep person. <laughs> Like, what? like, I'm not, I'm not affecting, I'm not affecting a personality or a way of thinking for this show. Sure. All of my favorite movies are action movies or genre movies or sci-fi or fantasy or kung fu movies. Like, that's le- that's legitimately all I like. During the Oscar season, I'm miserable. You've seen like half of them, maybe. Because I hate them. I hate yeah. the Oscar season. <laughs> but like the summer movie is like I'm in the theater every weekend and yeah. I'm loving yeah. life. I agree. And and the time. thing about Doomsday is if you can't be good. Be, be crazy, yeah. yeah. And 100%. Neil Marshall and Doomsday is like they're they're so good until they can't be good anymore, mm-hmm. and then they're just like hard left. Like let's see how <laughs> fucking weird we can get into it. I mean, and I love that kind of. If filmmaking. you need to know what kind of movie Doomsday is, like that list of other projects that he wants to do, just just embrace them. Yeah, like mm-hmm. absolutely. And he's done like the biggest episodes of. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And he did the Constantine pilot, I think, which yeah. is going to come out pretty soon. All right. So uh, does anyone have anything else to add uh, for this? The first, not the last, women of action. Definitely not the last. I, I hope I there's we'll more. I really want There's, there's more. I, I think, honestly, for something. us, this is a cursory, no, there, there's, I think this is Hannah, a cursory glance. I think that we There's Hannah. There's Columbiana. Hannah there's doesn't the count. Columbiana Lucy. sucked. <laughs> Lucy might be good. We'll see. Yeah. Lucy might be good, but it's still genre, which it's is upsetting. Yeah, uh, it's sci-fi. But the um, point is, is that it's upsetting. We need it's, Natalie Portman to make a sequel to The Professional. Yeah, we're challenged. Yes, thank you. That's what we need. We need more stuff. That's why Long Kiss Goodnight is. If there's anything I'm going to stress in this, the reason why we love Long Kiss Goodnight is because it is an action film first. First, and it's not a sci-fi film. There aren't aliens. We're not in the future. There's not some weird circumstance where a lady could like unfathomably take control of the situation. It is she's she in does. control. It just is, and that's what happens. Yeah, by, by, and that's, by training, that's by forever. force of personality, she is the deadliest, most capable person on the planet. And that's what we need more of. And we need more we of are that. Filmmakers. <laughs> Give ladies more shots, but man. it, it and make but, it good. but I think that Nick's right. I think that we maybe there's stuff we missed. I'm certain there's stuff we missed. Wait, we could absolutely. probably dig deeper. I'm sure there are foreign well, films that might fit the bill. There's stuff like that. Though. But like in terms of the first cursory edition of the Ladies of Action podcast, this was where I think we needed to go. Yeah, long kiss, hundred percent, absolutely. If you haven't seen it, I. I, I, I just, it's, it's one of the highest recommendations I can give. I love it. Yeah. If you watch it and you don't like it, don't listen to any more of my reviews ever again. <laughs> just be done. We're fine with us parting ways. It's, it's like fine. The Ra- don't it's like even the listen. Raid 2. I don't even if care. you watch The Raid 2 and you didn't like it, suck you a can dick. Never, you can never trust any more of my, my reviews. Unless you like to suck a dick and then do something you don't like. I but don't that's, care. That's, that's up to them. I yeah, mean, that's Whatever the, they that's do in their thing. free times. Like, on yeah, the- I don't care what they do. Do something you dislike, though. <laughs> If you don't like the raid, too, do something that is unpleasant to, to yourself. yourself. And, and, and know that I am responsible. And know that I recommended it and just don't do it. I don't care. Kyle did this. Oh, man. This oh, has been Climax man. Episode 4, Women of Action. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>